Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Well, good morning. It is absolutely awesome to be here today. And uh, I just, uh, man, God is in the house. Amen. He's always here. Right? And I, I love that. We've been in a New Year uh, sermon series, and so far we've talked about how new year, a new year presents an opportunity to make some fresh starts. How many love fresh starts? We serve a God who's the God of fresh starts. And praise the Lord for that, because we all need them. And uh, we also talked about uh, New Year presents some opportunity to get some fresh vision, just to kind of focus in and say, okay, God, you've given me vision for my life. You've given me vision for my family. You've given me vision for my career. You've given me vision for my church. You've given, you've given me vision, but I want some fresh vision. Not necessarily new, but just freshen it, freshen it up. And then to make some, uh, uh, on this New Year, to make some fresh commitments, not only to the Lord, but to one another. We talked about that last week. And this morning, I want to talk about fresh expectations for this new year. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to be good. See what I did just there? I made you expect, right? This is going to be good. That's expectation. Fresh expectations for this new year. And uh, what is it about being expectant that just changes our whole outlook on life? I think being expectant is, is really the opposite of being cynical. Have you been cynical in the past? Have you known someone who's cynical? We all can say that we've been cynical in the past. And when I say expectant, I'm talking about having an expectant faith. The kind that just believes something good is going to happen. You know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking expectant faith. That's almost a goofy thing to say because faith in and of itself is expectant, right? I mean, to say that someone needs to, you need to add the adjective to uh, faith, the, the adjective of expectant faith, I, I don't think it's an oxymoron per se, but it, it's faith that isn't expectant isn't faith at all, right? It's not faith at all. We were talking in the worship team, what, what is faith that's not expectant? I think we came up with it, it's just dead religion. Faith that's not expectant is dead religion. How many have an expectant faith today? Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. I can be convinced that I do. I mean, expectant faith. You know that God can do, but not only can do, wants to do something great. In your life. I mean, come on, give him some praise today. He's, the, he's God, right? He wants to do something great in your life. And, and really expecting faith, it's, it's about having a hold on the reality of who God is. His nature to be a loving, caring, providing father who knows just what we need when we need it. A father who knows how to give good gifts. A father who knows that those things we want aren't always the things that are best for us. Expectant faith is knowing that no matter how rough things get in this life, he's always, he always has our best interests at heart. He is always for you. He is never, ever, ever, ever against you. 
It's knowing that in the midst of turmoil and struggle, and even those moments of defeat, the truth of who God is and the reality of his love for us. And how he'll always hold us firmly in the palm of his hand. And then expectancy, when you understand who he is, expectancy just rises up within us and we know that he's about to do something awesome. If last year was a tough year for you, if the last decade was a tough decade for you, if last week has presented crazy amounts of struggle, then let me say out loud, let us all say out loud what the woman with an issue of blood said in her heart when she reached out for the hem of Jesus' garment. If I can just reach out and lay hold of the word of God himself, if I can just get to the hem of his garment, I will be totally and completely healed because I know God wants to do something good for me. See, there was a desperation within her that created an expectancy within her. And that expectancy was the catalyst for that healing power to be released. She she had heard of this healer, Jesus. She was aware of those that he had raised up and now it was her turn. She was expectant and miracle working power flowed from Jesus and he felt it. Lots of people were reaching out to him that day. He was in a crowd of people bumping into people and you know, people hitting him and, and touching him and, and, and just you know how it is in a crowd. But when she reached out through the crowd and touched the hemline, power was released, Jesus stopped and he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, who touched me with expectant faith? Because I just felt power flow out of me. There's some really awesome truth in that. She reached out in expectant faith. Jesus wasn't even paying attention to her necessarily. And she reached out, grabbed the hem, and I completely understand that there's no formula for receiving a miracle. There, there's no three-step process to suddenly be rewarded healing or deliverance or instantaneous victory over sin. Some people get healed here on earth with faithful expectant prayers. Uh, and, and, and some people get healed in heaven with faithful expectant prayers. Some people uh, ask for prayer to overcome addiction, they are instantly changed forever. And, and some ask for prayer to overcome their addictions or struggles and they still have to fight every day to, to walk in victory. And I can't answer all that, there is no formula. And, and I, 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 I can't say that enough, there's no formula in scripture. I wish there was. I wish there was a formula, follow these three steps and God's power will be released in your life. There just isn't one. And because of that lack of being able to pinpoint steps to a miracle, you know, three steps to your miracle, sometimes that lack of being able to pinpoint those steps, it produces a lack of faith and expectancy within us as believers. Prayer becomes an exercise that we consider important, but deep in our hearts, we might wonder if it's futile. Have you ever been to a boring prayer meeting? I mean, let's be honest, transparent today. Have you been to a boring prayer meeting? How many have ever had a boring prayer life yourself? Come on, be transparent. You have, right? We all have. It's probably the result of lacking expectancy. How many know that when we pray, God hears? We expect him to. We just don't always get what we want. Maybe our relationship with Jesus it's important because we don't want to miss heaven, right? i got to stay in relationship with him, but that relationship seems to lack power. 
We go through the motions of, our, of all of our do's and don'ts as good followers of Christ, but somehow it can become mundane. We believe but have no entourage of signs and wonders following us wherever we go. So, so this morning, can, can I remind you that we serve a miracle-working God and his power is still displayed today? He still performs miracles. And many times in the word of God, expectancy within believers is present when they experienced the miraculous. And we've had mirac- miracles here. God still does miracles. And you know what the reality of it is? Somebody might be in here and they said, well, I prayed for my loved one who had cancer and they didn't get healing. I'm one of them. I prayed like crazy for my dad. He was full of faith. I knew he was gonna get up out of that bed and, and, and walk out of the bedroom and be like, I feel awesome, I'm suddenly healed. And he didn't. And we could ask why and we could get all confused and we could let it affect our faith and we could, we could just end our expectancy that's, that's a part of our faith and just fall into dead religion. But I'm telling you here today, that didn't happen to me. I just know something, my dad got a better offer and he took it. That was it, right? That was just it. The results are up to him. We're just called to pray and believe. That's tough for us. We're just called to pray and believe and expect God to do something awesome. But then when we don't get what we want, we don't get what we think should happen, then we're like, oh, I don't know about this whole God thing. Ah, I better go to church. I don't want to go to hell, so I'll keep coming, but... And dead, stinking religion sets in. And we walk with a powerless faith because it's not expectant of anything. I'm way off my notes. So this morning, I I just want to remind you again, I already said this, but we serve a miracle working God. Here's some, here's some times in scriptures where expectancy within believers really, uh, uh, I think, were a huge part of the miracle they experienced. I mentioned the woman with the issue of blood. She had expectant faith. She reached out. I think of the centurion soldier who came to Jesus and asked him to heal his servant. And Jesus said, do you want me to come to your house? And the man said, no, just say the word, and I know it will be done. That's expectant faith. Just say the word, Jesus. I know it will be done. I'm reminded of the Canaanite woman who asked Jesus to heal her demon-possessed daughter to deliver her. She needed a deliverance. He ignored the lady. Then he called her a dog, to which she replied, even the dogs get crumbs from their master's table. And her daughter was healed from that moment. She was delivered from that demonic oppression. And I think of when Jesus healed the paralytic. It says in Matthew 9, when he saw their faith, speaking of the paralytic as well as those carrying him, he saw their assurance of heart that Jesus could and would heal him. The man was forgiven his sins and he was healed. The two blind men that Jesus healed. Matthew 9, 27 through 31 says, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him calling out, have mercy on a son of David. I mean, they're following Jesus around. You don't think they had some expectations? They were expectant that, he was going to, that they were going to get healed, that Jesus would heal them. And when he had gone indoors, the blind men came, in, or came to him and, and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, he didn't say according to my great power. How many know that Jesus has great power? But that's not what he said. He said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly. See that no one knows about this. Uh, Why would Jesus say that? He didn't want to get mobbed. 
by everybody who would want to get healing in that moment. He had things to do. He had an agenda. He had, he had to get things done just, just so. But they went out and spread the news about him anyway. <laughs> over and over again, we see faith, the assurance, that expectancy within those individuals that went after Jesus. And over and over again, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Again, it's not a formula that exists, but neglecting to learn from those that did receive would be absolutely crazy. The lack of a surefire set pattern should not produce a lack of faith within our hearts. And if we can learn anything from those that receive miracles within the scriptures, we should learn that there is something to this expectancy thing. Again, what is faith without expectancy? Is it faith at all? I've been, I've been talking about miracles and, and a lot of times we, take, we talk about faith and we attach it to miracles. We're like, well, I need a miracle, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna build my faith up so I can, I can receive that miracle. But faith, I, I, expectant faith should be our day-to-day, -day all the time. We should give our offering with expectant faith. We should pay our tithes with expectant faith that God's going to uh, just totally blow our minds with opening the windows of heaven and pouring out so much blessing that we don't even have room to receive it because that's what the word of God says. We, we should be expectant with our faith in everything we do. When we share Christ with people, we should expect that things happen, that people will change, that they will experience God, experience his presence that you're bringing into the situation and that they'll find Jesus in a relationship with him. We should expect that we're being used of God every single moment of every single day and there's divine appointments everywhere and if we just meet them, he'll, 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 have, he'll have a lot of fun with us. Just expect it. I, I, I'm gonna just share a crazy story. If you're new here today and you think this is just a wacky church and you can't handle this, I, I'm just telling you what, I, I just gotta tell you a story. And this is, this is crazy. You wanna hear a crazy story? Yeah. All right, this is a crazy story of expectant faith. There's a lady, I was just reading in a book, I, I believe uh, Joel, you, Joel gave me the book or latched me onto the book. I was reading the story of, of this, uh, this uh, lady in a church and that church had been, really going out in evangelism and sharing with people, you know, praying first, getting prayed up, and then, and then receiving like, like uh, maybe instructions from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit on where to go, and then they would go there and awesome things would happen. And so this lady was praying, it was in a prayer meeting, and, and she, she felt like she should go to her favorite supermarket, so she went to the supermarket, and while she was there, God showed her right away, there, there was a clerk, and, and he said, you need to, you need to uh, go up to that clerk and stand on your head. All right, that's just weird. That's just goofy stuff, right? I mean, she had prayed, Lord, make me a fool for you. I'll be a fool for you, Lord. I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll do anything you want me to do. And, so, and then she's like, well, I didn't mean that, <laughs> right? I don't think I can do that. And God just kept working on her and said, hey, you said you'd, be, you'd do anything for me, so here you go. And she kind of looked around, and she waited, and she was like, maybe some people left so it wouldn't be so embarrassing. But she walked right up to the clerk, and she says, look what I can do. And she stood on her head next to a post that was there by the, by the checkout. And then as she got down, she got up, she realized that the clerk was weeping because he was just in the break room. And I don't know what he was going through, it doesn't say, but he was weeping, he was crying out to God. He said, God, if you're real, have someone come stand on their head. Now, I know that's weird. I know that's strange. But you, do you think that that guy realized in that moment that, that God was real? 
And it took someone being obedient to the Holy Spirit and willing to do anything for God. Someone who had expectant faith that what they were doing was going to produce results because God was the one giving the orders, not them themselves. See, expectant faith, which again, what is faith without expectancy? It's not faith at all. But if we live with that kind of faith, that kind of expectancy, I'm telling you what, life can be a lot of fun. Life can be an adventure every single day. It doesn't mean that you've not gone through hard things. How many have ever gone through a hard thing in here? How many are going through a hard thing right now? I, I just want to give you a key, and I'm not, I'm not diminishing your, your hardship or your struggle in any way at all. And your church family will be here to pray with you and, and encourage you any way that we can. But the best thing you can do is let that expectancy rise up within your, in your heart again, even though you're struggling, and begin to go to work for Jesus like you've never worked for him before. That's the best thing you can do if you're struggling. Well, I don't know if I believe in healing anymore. Go out and pray for someone to be healed then. The word of God declares in Hebrews, Hebrews 11:6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith, again, I, I think automatically assumes expectancy. Romans 12, 11 through 13 says this, don't burn out, this is the message version, I, I threw this in here because I love the way it put it, don't burn out, keep yourself fueled and aflame. You know what burns people out in the church? As Christians, I, I don't mean the church, the building, I mean the church, the people. You know what burns us out as Christians, as followers of Christ? When we go through struggles and we let those struggles overwhelm us and we stop stepping out and expecting faith. We get burnt out because we just just going to go back in my little quiet place and wait for God. And he wants us to step out in faith. He says, don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. Cheerfully, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Love that. And I want us to look at Acts 3 this morning. This is, of course, uh, taking place after Jesus had died and rose again. This is after he ascended into heaven. I've given you a lot of scripture already. I'm going to give you some more. Is that okay if we give scripture in church? Oh, you gave too much scripture this morning. I said, well, it's church. I don't think that's a problem, is it? This is after Jesus ascended into heaven, after he died and rose again, ascended into heaven, and after his followers had received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. This happened, what I'm about to read, happened in the church age, and, and by the way, we are still living in the church age. Um, that was on the front end of it. This is, this is on the, we're on the back end of it, right? So just keep in mind that we're living under the same rules of operation as those early believers and followers of Christ lived under. We, we, we should be able to do and operate under the same rules and the, in the same authority. We've been given that same authority as those early believers when the church first started after the day of Pentecost. You believe that's true? It's true. So Acts 3, 1 through 10. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon 
to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. I wonder if it was a boring one. It wasn't when they showed up. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put inside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. This is Bible. I'm reading the Bible to you right now. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. He'd never walked before. He'd never stood before. All the people, verse 9, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. Now, I always have a lot of emotions when reading this story. I, I love this story. A lot of thoughts that run through my head, and when I think about what actually occurred here, I, I just my mind is, it, it just races with all sorts of things. So I want to give you a little perspective this morning because I, I, do th I do weird things when I read Scripture on my own. I set myself right inside of it, and I go, how does this work for me? What, what does this mean to me? I, if I was in the story, what would this look like? And so let me give you that same perspective. You come to church some Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. for prayer meeting, or, or maybe it's a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, but as you come into the building, you see a familiar sight. You see that person who is always at church, and you know that they have a specific need. You know about this need. It's known to you. And whether it's some kind of physical need like this man had, or some sort of emotional need, or, or even a struggle with a situation that they find themselves in that you know about, whatever the particulars are, it's a need that is real, and there's a sense or a feeling that, that comes over you. You know that miracles happen. You know that Jesus can meet this person's need. You've seen this individual being prayed for by others before, but instead of walking on uh, by, smiling at them and giving your cordial greeting and encouraging word like you normally do, you stop and look at this person with extreme intensity. What if this happened on a Sunday morning? <laughs> extreme intensity, like your eyes are... And you say... Within yourself, man, I'm full of God today. And you go to that person, I'm full of God today. I'm full of the presence of God today. And I know you have a need that he wants to meet. In the name of Jesus, that need is met. What would that look like in a normal church Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whatever? Would that be crazy? Could miracle? Well, we, we wait until it's, it, we're singing and we have altar time. That's when we come and get our miracle. Why can't it happen anywhere, anytime? Why can't it happen in the parking lot? Why can't it happen in the foyer? It can. See, we have, we have these little exercises we do. And yes, it's a wonderful time to get in his presence. And when we're in his presence singing, I mean, that, that's, that's part of it. It, it, it seems like an, a, a great opportunity to get prayer. And it is a great opportunity to get prayer. It's a great opportunity to receive a miracle, no doubt. 
But God's power lives on the inside of us all the time, not just when we sing songs on Sunday morning. And if we're full of him and our eyes are open and we come to church and we see somebody's need, we can look intently at them and say, God wants to meet your need right now and pray for them. Well, what if the prayer doesn't work, Pastor? Then I'd feel like a heel. Well, he didn't ask you to stand on your head. We have to get better at expecting God to do the miraculous all the time through us. It's not that we're doing anything powerful. He's doing something through us. Nod your head. But, Pastor Barry, I, I, I still have some problems with sin. I'm, I'm still tempted all the time. I still, I still got an addiction issue. I still, the Word of God does not say anything about that. You think Peter was perfect? I guarantee you he wasn't. It's not about perfection. It's about being forgiven. It's not about walking perfectly and somehow in a way where you can earn an anointing to pray for somebody. Jesus didn't come to judge and condemn sin. He came to lavish love on the sinner and pull them in so he could forgive them. You see the difference? Does, does he judge sin? Sure. Sin's going to be judged. But the church age is all about winning people. It's all about the power of God displayed. If people start getting healed everywhere you go, do you think other people that see that are going to listen to any message you say? And what would be the message? Come to me, I am anointed. I will pray for you and you will be healed. No, you say, I am nobody. I'm not even worthy of this. But I just know one thing, God loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you, and he's pouring through me to you right now. Done. That's the message. That's the gospel. What's the greatest thing, what's the greatest weapon we could ever have? What's the greatest weapon in our arsenal? It's love. Do you love one another enough to pray for each other? Do you love those outside these walls enough to just walk up to somebody and say, I, I don't know if this is going to mean anything to you at all, but God speaks to me sometimes, and I just feel like he's saying this to you right now. That takes an, a level of expectancy that God's going to do something through you that, that most of us don't have. And it's probably a big reason why there's a lot of powerless churches. Man, I want to see his power. Not so that we can be glorified, no. But so, so that his name is famous. I want his name famous in Warren County, in Iowa, this area. Because he's a good God, and I know how good he is. I know how he heals. 
how he changes the circumstance. I know how he can mend relationships that seem completely broken and unmendable. I know how he can do that. I've seen it. I know he loves us and forgives us, and I, I, I know how, how many times I've screwed up in my own life, and he still loves me, and he still forgives me over and over again. I just want everybody to know that. I want everybody to experience that and understand that. Not get so tied down to all the things that I'm going through on a day-to-day basis and in life, and, and, and then just, just let my faith become mundane and boring and dead religion. Faith, by its very nature, has to be expectant. This lame man looked to Peter and John expecting that they would give him something that he really didn't need. Sure, he needed money. That's why he was begging there. But he didn't think or believe that a healing miracle was something he could even ask for. He only saw what he saw, his own need for the immediate provision so he could make it through another couple of days. And that's how most people operate. I just I have this immediate need right now. Right now I have this immediate need. Peter and John were so full of the presence of God, they were so in tune with what the Holy Spirit's assignment was for them at that moment that they looked beyond his immediate need of a few coins to his bigger need to be healed completely. They had such expectant faith in the God they served, in the person and in the name of Jesus Christ, that they acted on it. And being totally unified with one another and with the Holy Spirit, it says they both looked at this man intently at the same time, and then Peter, so full of the Holy Spirit and so full of the presence of God, so anointed, says, look at us. Look at me. (laughs) I mean, I had to shock the guy a little bit. And with all the expectation that one can have in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, he says, I don't have what you think you need. I have something a lot better on the inside of me. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And the man who had never stood on his crippled feet before, he doesn't know what it even feels like to stand upright. He is encouraged by the expectation in the hearts of Peter and John. And he becomes expectant himself. It says that Peter helped him up. It doesn't say that Peter picked him up. So the man was a part of that standing up. Can you imagine never walking before? You're old now and you've never ever stood to your feet, but you have enough expectant faith to actually stand? I mean, yes, Peter helped him. There was expectant faith in Peter. There was expectant faith in this man because of Peter and John. And what happened? A miracle took place. Peter and John's expectant faith was contagious. It leaked onto him, this beggar, this crippled beggar. And as he began to stand, ankles and feet that were twisted and gnarled and never used before straightened. And these, this was not, understand, Jesus was in heaven right now. Again, I'm I'm reminding you, this is the church age. This is what happened through people like you and me who were given over to God. Well, I'll never be an apostle like that. Why? I'll never be a disciple of Jesus like that. Why? Because you enjoy boring Christianity? Am Am I talking to anybody today? And I love what, what the guy does. He, he stands, he walks, he jumps, he leaps. 
And he praises God. Notice that he didn't praise Peter or John. I mean, think about that. He praised God. He knew that God was the one because Peter said it. In the name of Jesus, this is what's happening. Not in the name of Peter and John. Not in the name of buy some miracle water off this channel and you'll get five miracles or whatever. Nothing like that. And then as the expectant faith of these men, the crippled beggar, Peter, and John, as it produced results, it says that all those in the temple were absolutely astounded. I have to say this, Jesus, not, very, not, very, not, not too previous to this, because this wasn't that many weeks later. I mean, we know there was seven weeks, 50 days till Pentecost, and we, 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 can, we can map it out, but we're talking less than, maybe less than two months, maybe about two months after, after Jesus raised Lazarus, because we know he raised Lazarus, his friend, from the dead about, a, what, a week before he died on the cross? Is that right, Pastor Jared? Something like that. Are you, you going to confirm my, my statement there? It's about a week before. So we're not talking too, too long here. But the people in Jerusalem knew about Lazarus' resurrection. They knew about it. You don't think word about that tra traveled all over the place? And these people had to have known that that took place. And now, why was it so astounding to them to see a miracle? They'd heard about miracles. They'd been happening through the ministry of Jesus. And I'll, I'll tell you why they were astounded. It's the same reason that we would be absolutely astounded if we witnessed a creative miracle like this one. Because we weren't expecting it. I want to be expecting it. And you know, if it happens or doesn't happen, that's none of my business. That's up to God. But I want to expect it. Well, what if it doesn't work? That's, that, that's between God and whatever he wants to do. He's God, I'm not. I want to expect it. That is our job to have expectant faith. And then leave the results up to him. And let's all face it. I mean, it, it's true. We've all prayed our hearts out for individuals to be healed, for people we love to be delivered from their addictions, for marriages to be saved, for family relationships to be restored, for God to move when we desperately needed him to move. We've all prayed for things like that. And we've all probably experienced those moments of triumph when the answers came. But I'm pretty sure we've all felt those moments when it seemed that nothing happened. Like God wasn't hearing us. Again, if we let those moments completely strip us, strip us of our expectant faith, how will we stand firm the next time troublesome circumstances come our way? And let me tell you something. I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to know this. This life is full of trouble. But we serve an amazing God. He doesn't erase all the trouble from our future because this life is troublesome. He erases all the trouble we're going to have in our future life. And that's where I'm focused, right? That's where we're focused. That's where we ought to be thinking about. This life is a vapor. This life is a, it's just a, it's a, it's a flash in the pan compared to eternity. 
Got to remember, it's our job to have faith, expectant faith. It's our job to expect God to do great things, and it's our job to leave all the results up to him. You know, if there was a formula for miracles, for him to move, whatever, however you want to say that, you know what would happen? We would all follow the formula, and then we would take the credit for following the formula. I was thinking about that. Why, why isn't there a formula, God? Why, why do you make it? Why, why have you made it hard? He doesn't want us to fall into taking all the credit. And I, I'm telling you, we would. Maybe this is a good place to remind us all to stay in our spiritual lane. You ever hear that phrase, stay in your lane? Walk in expectant faith. Leave it up to God to do the miracle. We are so easily tempted in those moments to try to figure out what we did wrong, what part of the formula did we miss, but it's quite possible that you didn't do anything wrong. And here's what I know. I know this. I, I know that I know that I know this. God absolutely loves you, whether you got your miracle or not. Whether you got your answer to prayer last year or the year before, or if you didn't get your answer to prayer, God sees you, he knows you, he knows right where you're at, he knows what you're going through, and he loves you with an everlasting love. He absolutely does. And yeah, you'll probably have a few questions for God someday. I think it was you, Devin, who said, uh, I have a whole notebook of questions. And then somebody else said, I think it was Leah, we were talking about this before church. I kind of like to give a little insight of what I'm preaching on to the worship team, but I think Leah said, yeah, but the second you get there, you'll be like, throw the questions out because you won't even care. To which you agreed. I think that's going to be like that. Here's the deal. God's big enough to handle your notebook of questions, however long that is. He's big enough for you to, to ask why. But just remember, you can do that when you're face-to-face -face with him if you want. But for now, just continue to pray and believe. Walk and operate in expectant faith, that he, the, the kind of faith he wants you to operate in all the time. And remember this. Jesus told us in John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also. He will do. We can say he or she will do also. And greater works than these will they do. Greater works than what Jesus did? Yes, that's what Jesus said. Greater works will they do. Because I'm going to the Father. And he's going to send back the Holy Spirit, which we have. When you accept Christ, you get a deposit of the Holy Spirit in your life. And then, there may come a time, I hope most of you experience this, maybe we'll talk about this next week. In fact, we will. The Holy Spirit becomes so powerful in your life that no longer do you have the Holy Spirit, but he has you. We call that being immersed in the Spirit or baptized in the Spirit. Next week, we're going to talk about New Year Fresh Fire. And I know this, the, the believers in the upper room, all 120 of them, they were up there praying after Jesus ascended to heaven. They, might have, they probably felt a little alone. They knew he promised them the Holy Spirit, but what happened? They went up there, and in an expectant prayer, they began to pray. And then the Holy Spirit came upon them.
and some awesome things happened. Jesus also said in the Gospel of Mark that signs and wonders would follow those that believe. I want to challenge you this week to be like this as you're walking through life, as you're doing what you do. What am I doing? I'm watching for the signs and wonders that are supposed to be following me. Come on, little fella. No. Where are they? That's a great reminder that maybe they aren't going to follow us if we're not expecting them to follow us. Let's believe with expectant hearts. Let's live our lives with expectant faith that God is absolutely about to do something amazing. After all, what it, again, what is faith without expectancy? Is, is it really faith at all? It doesn't even make sense in the definition of the word. Would you close your eyes for a minute? Bow your heads. Lord, I know there's people in here today that are struggling. They're hurting. They, they might even feel like taking a step of faith is kind of dangerous or maybe it's even maybe it's just one of those things they don't want to do because they don't want to be disappointed but God we want you to know that we will do our best to walk in expectant faith and we'll literally to the best of our ability God leave the results up to you and accept those results We don't have all the answers. We're not meant to have all the answers. But God, we do know that you want us to be expectant. This new year, 2023, we're already into it a ways. But God, let it be a year that we expect great and awesome things in our lives, in our families, in the people we work with, in our own personal ministries and the ministries of this church. Let us be expectant, God, for all that you have for us. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.